Mr. Lamb was definitely a weirdo, but the initial chill she'd felt in his presence was gone, and the deeper into the building they went, Mr. Lamb introducing her to other smiling employees along the way, the more comfortable she felt about the store. She could work in this place. She could fit in here. They took a small elevator downstairs to a concrete-lined hallway that looked like a bunker, and he showed her a conference room and a training room and then stepped before an arched doorway with gilt-edged trim. Here, he said, is the chapel. Shannon glanced through the doorway into the room. For a brief second, the coldness returned. Pews were arranged in rows. Scented candles burned in twin alcoves in the side walls. But instead of a pulpit or altar at the front of the chapel, there was a huge portrait of Newman King, lined with red velvet. This is where the department managers hold their meetings each morning. Before the store opens, they pray to Mr. King that we will have a profitable day. Pray to Mr. King? She'd seen the store's founder on TV, on the news, and while he was obviously a rich and powerful man, he was not a god, and the idea that a man or woman she'd be working under came in here each morning and ritualistically prayed to the painting of a millionaire creeped her out. Then they were moving on, back into the elevator, back on to what Mr. Lamb called the floor, and shoppers and browsers were roaming the aisles, sitting in the sushi and espresso bars, and Shannon was thinking how lucky she was to have been hired by the store. That's it for now, Mr. Lamb said. There'll be a week's worth of training classes, how to work the cash registers, handle customers, and the like. Then there'll be a two-week probation period, then you'll be in. He handed her a photocopied schedule of training classes. Your first class is tonight, in the downstairs training room. Be there or be square. Um, thank you, she said. He grinned. Thank your sister. He looked her over, starting at her feet, moving up to her hair, then nodded, satisfied. I think you'll be a model store employee. I'll try, she said. He started to walk back behind the customer service counter, then stopped and turned at the last minute. A word of advice, he said. Lose the baby fat. You're a little chubby. We don't like to have fat bitches working for the store. Not a good public image. He smiled, waved, then stepped behind the counter and disappeared into an office. Fat bitches? She was shocked, not sure how to respond, not sure even what she felt. It had been said so offhandedly, so casually, that she was not even sure she'd heard him correctly. No, she knew she had. It was an unprofessional thing to say. That was her first response. A person in a position of authority shouldn't talk like that, shouldn't use words like that. Her second response was to walk over to women's clothing and find a mirror. Baby fat? Chubby? Was she really overweight? He'd zeroed in on that, offered it without being asked practically ordered her to lose weight if she wanted to keep this job. So obviously it wasn't just a matter of her being paranoid. It wasn't just a matter of perception. She had a problem. She felt more defiant than hurt, more angry than embarrassed. But then she saw herself in the mirror, 
and all of those self-preservation instincts fled. He was right. She turned to the left, turned to the right, looked at her backside over her shoulder. She'd have to stop eating so much. Her mom would throw a fit, give her that anorexia bulimia lecture, but she'd stick to her guns this time. It had been confirmed by a third party. She was fat. May I be of assistance? She turned to see a trim middle-aged woman in a story uniform smiling helpfully at her. No, she said. Thanks. She turned, walked down the main aisle toward the entrance. That was it. She'd skip lunch today. Maybe dinner. She walked through the front doors. Maybe she'd cut out breakfasts entirely. <laughs>